the Diocese of Churches for the Sake of Others, is pleased to present the C4SO Podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO, a diocese of the Anglican Church in North America, led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the C4SO podcast. I'm your host, Ben Sternke. And today we're talking with Jem Fadling, who's a founding partner of Unhurried Living, a nonprofit that trains people to rest deeper, live fuller, and lead better. She's a certified life coach and a trained spiritual director who coaches women at the intersection of spiritual leadership and soul care. Jem is the host of the I Can Do That podcast and the co-author, along with her husband, of What Does Your Soul Love? Eight Questions That Reveal God's Work in You. And she's also the author of the forthcoming book, Hold That Thought, Sorting Through the Voices in Our Heads. Jem and her husband, Alan, attend Holy Trinity, a C4SO church in Costa Mesa, California. Jem, welcome to the C4SO podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Um, is there anything else that we should know about you besides your bio, your very official and lovely bio <laughs> that, that we read? Like, what, what else would you want people to know about you before we dive in? Well, um, as I'm aging, I am now calling myself an unapologetic optimist. You can probably tell by mm. the name of my podcast, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but also I'm a practitioner. Mm-hmm. You know, I like things to be practical. Yeah. And Very so good. that's a little about me. But other than that, if you want to know something personal, Alan and I have been married for 37 years. Wow. We have three. Yeah, that's a long time. We've been dating since 1983. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so that's, that's and we congratulations. I know. Thank it's a, you. It's a we, huge accomplishment. I'll tell you what, we talk about this a lot. It's hard work being married for a very long time because oh, yeah. you're constantly learning and growing and morphing, yeah. adjusting. So long time yeah. love is it's a real thing. So yeah, and we have three grown sons. They're in their twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all doing life. So yeah, God has given me a beautiful family. Well, that's lovely to know. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that with us, uh, Jim. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about uh, this book that I think would be helpful for um, you know a lot of people in our diocese and beyond. Um, you say that your interest in thought work is what you call it uh, was part of your interest in that thought work was part of the inspiration for writing this book. Um, so explain that to us. What is thought work, yeah. and what is it about that 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 you find intriguing? Yeah, I don't know if thought work is an official trademarked term. I probably just used it as a way to, you know, label this. But for me, um, I was struck by this phrase that I heard many years ago, and it was this, you are not your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those ideas that really just stopped me short. Because on one hand, of course, that makes sense. I am more than my thoughts. But yet I had functionally lived as though I was my thoughts because they're in my head. It's my voice. It's me talking to me, right? It's me. Um, But I was so intrigued by that idea. You know, that's old classic Christian spiritual wisdom. You are not your thoughts. But what I found is that meant then that I could take one step back from my thoughts and look at them a little more objectively. You know, the, the verse, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. And some people have 
um, for conversation purposes, divided up the word brain and mind. Mm-hmm. Brain is the organ in your head that's busy, 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 thought, 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 thought. Right. But maybe this mind that we have is something that God is renewing and we can mm. um, gain some objectivity and some discernment, really. What we're trying to do is discern what's going yeah. on yeah. and make appropriate, um, I don't know, changes, respond yeah. differently. Yeah. Yeah, I think for so many of us, um, that is a, it's a fundamental piece. I, I don't know how I ever would have, um, I guess, grown spiritually or emotionally uh, at all, unless I had, you know, unless I had sort of gained at least the ability to realize that, okay, the, the stuff that's happening in my head is, is not just automatic and it's not just telling me the, the, the truth about things. I'm not just, like, these, these thoughts that I'm having are um, coming from somewhere um, and, they, and they're a story that I tell about what I'm experiencing. And so the, the ability to take a step back from those things, you know, in, in kind of the, the world out there, they, you know, they call it mindfulness, you know, is one way of referring to it. How, how does, how does uh, what you think of as thought work relate to mindfulness? Do you think it's, it's kind of the same thing? Is it just sort of mindfulness with the spirit? Or, you know, like, how would you explain that? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, there's a lot of words that people get afraid of because, you know, a bunch of different kinds of people use the words and then you attach meaning to that. Mm -hmm. I think mindfulness is just another way of saying, watch what's going on here. Yeah. You know, what we're going to we're going to head toward this, but there is a practice in the book called notice, discern and respond. But the the I love the word notice. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness is about noticing what is occurring. And I think you were just alluding to this. Oftentimes we're on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Our brain is chattering. It's set up to be busy. It likes to yeah. create and solve problems. It has a negativity bias, believe it or not, probably to try to keep us safe. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why we want to start paying attention yeah. and not letting our thoughts that just are happening um, yeah. run the day or keep us trapped or whatever they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- like I said, one step back, mm-hmm. look at what's being said, and discern. Yeah. So, yeah, mindfulness, I think maybe it's a fancy word, but for pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention to your inner world. Pay attention to what's happening. Yeah. You know, in the in the world of your your thoughts, your uh, feelings, your body. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's really it's really good. It's really helpful. Um, I also appreciated um, the way that you you talked about like the, the negativity bias of our of our brains. It's probably just trying to keep us safe. I think that's been a really like when I when I first started, I think noticing my thoughts, I was pretty uh, discouraged. <laughs> um, you know, because like there's so many, like so many of them. I, I just felt like I was like, why, man? Why am I like this? You know, I was sort of like judging and condemning myself for the way that my mind worked and the way that my my brain was, you know, kind of always running. Um, but I, I appreciated, you know, kind of the way that you said trying like my brain is all of this negativity bias. All these things are trying to keep me safe. And so there's some compassion that we have to bring to this process uh, in order to, I guess, pay attention in a sustained way. Otherwise, we're going to shut it down because it feels bad. It feels like we're judging ourselves or condemning ourselves. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Is that, oh. is that kind of a key part of this process? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, as a spiritual director, I've been trained to hold sacred space. And I think, mm. 
as I do that for others, I'm learning to do it for myself as well. And I think that's what you're talking about. It's very easy to move to judgment, criticism, shame inside of ourselves about ourselves. That happens really fast. And so if we're going to have any shot at showing compassion to others, we've got to have be at least trying to show compassion to ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, maybe first mm-hmm. and alongside. And so mm-hmm. not judging is a really great gift you can give yourself. Yeah. It's so yeah. easy to do because again, there are some, there are some um, ingrained sort of instincts inside of us. And not only are we trying to keep ourselves safe, but we're trying to have a semblance of control. And we're also trying to have some semblance of esteem, right? So Mm. security, esteem, and control. These are things that are instinctive. And so we have a lot of ways of trying to solve that that often go awry. Um, But that's, again, why we want to pay attention and and really learn to be students of ourselves. You know, the multiple layers of how did I end up at this reaction that I don't really want to be having mm-hmm. you know in the moment it might be hard to catch yourself but yeah. later on when you have time reflect yeah what went on there see if you can dig down in mm-hmm. ask a few questions that's where our other book comes in what is your soul of because we ask eight questions yeah. and questions are great ways to help yourself go back down further in to find out what in the world is going on and then that's where our spiritual formation connects because now you're asking a question the question becomes a prayer Mm -hmm. and now you're interacting with god about central things yeah 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 so um let's get practical i mean i know i know that's a big part of your your work so the focus of the book as you mentioned is empowering people to notice discern and respond to their thoughts instead of being led around by them or assuming you know thoughts are the same thing as reality um, and you share a lot of stories in this book about how it works. And I wonder if you could just share an example with us. What, what, what do you mean by noticing, discerning, and responding? Um, can yeah. you give us a, an example of what this sort of looks like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the reason I love notice, discern, and respond is every one of those words, I think we all have a general idea of what they mean. They're not mm-hmm. difficult words. Notice, that means pay attention. Notice, mm-hmm. be aware what's yeah. going on, be awake, yeah. discern. Um, not necessarily decide yet, but discern, ask questions, be curious. Mm. So you notice this thought, well, what, what is, is it helping you? Do you want to mm-hmm. keep having it? Just take some <laughs> discernment. Where is it, where is it coming from? What is it leading to? Yeah. And then yeah. once you've done notice and discern, the response usually comes relatively, uh, on the heels easily because now you've got a response instead of a reaction mm. because you filtered it through the discernment process. So, yeah. But yeah, really, one of the main stories I tell in there is that I actually had an anxiety attack a few years ago, which Mm -hmm. is embarrassing to say because my organization is called Unhurried Living, and I get it. (laughs) I get it, you know. (laughs) I could could shame myself right now. I see that. But here's Mm -hmm. the thing. I'm still a person. Um, We were building Unhurried Living. We... Um, started it from quote unquote nothing, mm-hmm. you know, trying to do all the things you do so that people know that you exist and that you can help. Yeah. And as we were in that process, I would run into cycles of pushing and mm-hmm. driving, and um, ambition came in. 
you know, yeah. all the things. Yeah. And I would cyclically sort of, but little tiny mini burnout, like, oh no, I can't function and, you know, turn mm-hmm. myself around over the course of a few weeks and go off again. Well, mm-hmm. the fourth time this happened, mm-hmm. some adrenaline just got turned on. My nervous system was like heightened. And I was unable to calm myself for a handful of weeks. It was mm. um, it was beyond my ability to cope. So I called my former therapist, and I got an appointment, and he helped me figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And once we got me sorted out, a couple months later, Alan and I were going on our 34th wedding anniversary. We happened to be going to Italy, which was a great treat. Nice. And as much as it was a vacation, for me, it became a pilgrimage. Mm. And I just, I went with a prayer, a very pointed prayer. And I said, Lord, I need another way because I'm cycling here through um, very yeah. disturbing um, thoughts and emotions. Can you help me? Yeah. You know, so the thoughts that drove me there, some of them, what if something goes wrong? What if this doesn't work? You don't have what it takes. What will people think? You see how each one of those is like an extra dead weight on the end of your barbell? Like mm-hmm. it's just. So mm-hmm. I went uh, with a prayer, and God met me very graciously. Um, the full story is unpacked in the book, but suffice to say, as I was wandering around the different cathedrals and just carrying mm-hmm. my question with me, there was a few. There were a few phrases, and I think there were thoughts that actually the Holy Spirit wanted to replace with my, yeah. you know, my other thoughts. So. Mm-hmm. One of them was, um, I was sitting in the cathedral at Florence, I was in a little chapel, and there was a big image of the Last Supper on the wall, and the ciborium, you know, the place where they hold the bread, was right mm-hmm. there, and I'm just, it's silent. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing the phrase that I hear every week at church, you know, this is my body given for you. And then this extra added little moment, stop pushing, stop trying, stop angsting Mm. and it was it was just given so gently but so vibrantly yeah i've given myself for you jim you don't need to push you don't need to try and you certainly don't need to angst Mm. so that was a huge shift and the and the one other sentence that i'll share came at a cathedral actually in assisi and that was this you already have what you need. Yeah. Right? And that's directly from Second Peter 1. You've been given everything you need for life and godliness, mm-hmm. right? Through Christ. Yeah. So I was just being reminded of the truth. And to, to me, that was be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. And I went open. So I've got stop pushing, stop trying, stop angsting. You already have what you need. Yeah. yeah. So... That's one of the stories I share mm-hmm. where notice, discern, so noticing those anxious thoughts that I listed, what if something goes wrong, you know, all the tense, pinched ideas. Mm-hmm. Discerning for me was a process that I just took as a prayer and lingered. You know, when I talk about notice, discern, and respond, um, I also call it NDR, just keeps it shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you can turn a thought around on its head rather quickly. Yeah. But sometimes it takes time, yeah. and that's okay. You can hover around discern for as long as you need until yeah. a response forms. So, yeah. yeah. So, a couple observations about that. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, a couple observations about that. I like how uh, I think oftentimes when we 
when we think about what it means to listen for God's voice, we are automatically listening for commands, right? We're, we're thinking yeah. about, and so, and there was there was a command or an invitation in in kind of what you heard, which was stop, yeah. you know, stop uh, angsting and and stop the, the other verbs pushing, trying, angsting, pushing, trying, yeah. angsting. But I love how it was connected to this promise, this truth about who God is. This is, I've given you everything you need. This is my body, which is given to you, given for you. Um, that is connected to these promises. That I think that's that, that seems to be a key point in what you're saying about discerning is, mm-hmm. is not just like getting new directions from God, you know, um, as if God's going to just repeat, you know, maybe the voice in our own heads uh, that's saying like, stop it. Why are you like this? <laughs> you know, um, but God right. actually gives us a truth. He, he gives us, um, you know, the gospel is, is another way to say it. Um, that these are all aspects of, of the good news that, that needed to sort of rest and settle for you in your own, in your own oh, soul. I couldn't agree more. And, and this is another important aspect of that, that I talk about. There really are twin rails here. Mm-hmm. As much as I'm talking about whatever I call thought work, just yeah. a label in the book, I talk more than once about Trinitarian love. Mm. Because as I was writing the book, I had to go back because I'm like, you know, I can't, this cannot be divorced from the love and yes. grace yeah. of God. So yes. it, I, it comes through loud and clear, I hope. And because yeah. I'm a good Anglican, <laughs> I've only been an Anglican since 2014. But what's been and since our church is called holy trinity the trinity mm. has become important to me so mm. the love of god the grace of jesus and the fellowship of the holy spirit yeah. accompanies you as you are noticing discerning and responding to your thoughts that's mm. why i like what you said um it's an invitation this came to me as an invitation rather than a heavy-handed command i felt seen and helped yeah 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 it really makes a difference i think there's there's subtle subtle ways that we you know we interpret things as a harsh command or a Mm -hmm. gentle invitation um depending on how we're used to you know attaching to god is one way of thinking about it Um, and i think that's that's can be a key part it has been for me a key part of my own noticings of noticing yeah. how I noticing how I feel about certain scripture passages has been really helpful for me to unearth, like oh there's there's some belief about God's attitude towards me here that needs to be unearthed and and seen and and possibly transformed and changed. Yeah. Um, and so I, I love that you've rooted this in Trinitarian love. I think that yeah. you know that that the whole process has to be bathed in that rather than in a uh, I don't know like a yeah, like a harsh fix-it kind of mentality. Um, oh, yeah. We got yeah. enough of that just from the culture or sometimes <laughs> even even within the church or just even oh, yeah. inside of ourselves. It's kind of a human thing. Yeah. And I really do prefer to work in the realm of grace, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and transformation, which is a yeah. process. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you mentioned your previous book, um, that, that's all about desire. What does your soul love? Um, and, and those eight questions. I, want, I wonder if you could, and you, you did talk a little bit about this, but I wonder if you could unpack it even a little bit more. Like, you know, that book is about desire. This book is about thoughts. What, what, how do these two aspects of our inner world relate in, in your experience? Yeah, it's, um, 
Yeah, the other, I like questions. You know, we ask really important questions in the other book. Mm -hmm. um, like, what do you really want? That's the question of desire, you know. Right. What's getting in your way? That's mm -hmm. resistance, yeah. right? Where yeah. are you hiding? Yeah. You know, what's most real to you? I mean, the questions go on and on and on. So questions mm -hmm. are just really good ways to do some digging and take yourself beneath the surface. Yeah. And so... I think then clearly thoughts come into play, right? Like you mentioned earlier, we're thought, we've got thoughts, feelings, we have our body, there's a lot going on here. And this book, mm -hmm. I did focus on thoughts as one aspect, because you, you can only really talk about one thing at a time <laughs> if you're trying to make sure. a point. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so I don't sure. want to discount that there's emotions and that our body has mm -hmm. intuitions and feelings and a gut reaction. You know. But when it comes to thoughts, you know, our thoughts can really help us. Mm -hmm. As we are trying to answer these questions, well, yeah, what do I want? Yeah. What is getting in my way? So now we're taking, taking our thoughts and we're aim aiming them somewhere fruitful. Mm -hmm. you know, and we do this all the time. And I'm not saying no one's ever doing this. Of course, we're doing that too. Yes, we get overwhelmed by the thoughts that we don't want that are you know, mm -hmm. making us afraid or holding us back. But we also have the ability to focus, um, to learn, to pray, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, our desires, uh, we can find them as we give thought to what, mm -hmm. how we're formed, how yeah. God has gifted us. What, when we say, what does your soul love, you know, there's an aspect sometimes, again, coming back to the idea of command, we end up in the realm of duty. Yeah. And mm -hmm. duty is not a great place to live as a Christian, yeah. I, I know I'm really behind the game right now, but Alan and I are watching The Chosen. It's that. Have you seen that show oh, called yeah. The Chosen? I haven't seen it, but I know what it is. That, that's that oh, yeah. series about kind of a, a take on the life of Jesus. It is, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so it's been out now for, I don't know, five years. Um, <laughs> season three is coming out this year. All that to say, one of the beautiful things I do love about how they are um, representing Jesus is there is a natural... Um, you can tell there's a natural, solid core of leadership in there, but they're matching it with a great deal of compassion. And so even when, no matter when he's teaching or when he's giving someone, when he's talking to someone or actually telling them what to do, they did their best to make sure that compassion, love, and grace came through at the same time. And I've been impressed by that. And it's actually reigniting my vision for Jesus and for the Father and for all of this, it's not about duty. It's about love. It's about relationship. And so even as, this might be a little tangent off of this question, but it's coming to mind, you know, even as you're discerning, what's the tone of what you're receiving? Even if God wants to give you a new way, like he did Jem, stop pushing, stop trying, stop angsting. You were right. You see how it came through to me? This is my body. I've already given you everything you need. You don't have to do that anymore. Right. It's a yeah. different tone. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's another great way of, of talking about it, that the tone, it does make all the difference uh, in the world. Um, and we can, we can read the scriptures and we can hear, we can even hear, I think, you know, legitimately, uh, we can hear kind of words from scripture from God, but we, if we hear them in a certain tone, they end up being words that we don't, actually want to be near you know and so that that's been a huge part of i think my own um 
discipline of discernment uh, as it regards like where's the th- thought coming from that I've, I've learned to, I used to trust that if a thought was, you know, pretty, pretty harsh and, and critical that it was probably from God. <laughs> like that's, I just sort of assumed that my inner critic was the voice of God. I think a lot of us right. uh, grow up thinking yeah. this. Um, and it took a little bit for me to let go of that because I, I think I trusted that inner critic to lead me in righteousness. Yeah. Like to, to, I was going to be, yeah. I was going to do it right. And I was going to have integrity because I listened to the voice of this inner critic. And so it took some trust to let go of that and say, maybe God's yeah. voice is different. And maybe actually I, maybe I actually will become more integral, um, full of integrity. And oh. maybe this is the path of yeah. righteousness just to listen to this voice of of love. Maybe maybe yeah. the kindness of God might lead me to repentance. Seems like I read somewhere that, <laughs> right. that might be the case. You know? Right. Well, even just, I mean, this is silly, but even just bringing in the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the fruit of the Spirit is the mm. tone of yeah. the Spirit, right? Yeah. And so you're, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good as well. So it's part of the discernment, I think. What, one more um, quick question um, about this um, this process that you talk about noticing uh, and discerning and then responding. Um, I wonder if you could share, like, what did, what did, um, I feel like in your story, I can see the thoughts that you were noticing and I, I heard the discernment about kind of what you needed to hear from God in the midst of that. What did your response look like? What, how do you think about that? Like, Hmm. cause I think some of us maybe can get into this and, and, and we think of, Okay, yeah, I know. I know. I'm supposed to believe harder that you know I have everything I need, but like, what is the actual response for you to receiving yeah. that word from God? What does that What does that look like in your life? Yeah, that's that's a great question because, um, yeah. See, when we when we hear the word response, we might think you know taking an action. Mm-hmm. Moving, moving. So for a response can have many different colors. So for me, my response was actually to relax. Yeah. My response wasn't this active pushing thing because I was told, don't push. Okay, I won't push. So what does that mean? So what it meant for me mm-hmm. was sink further into that which I already know. Mm. And it was a, for me, it was about a letting go. I I. Yeah. I got to choose to let go of outcomes. I got to choose to see my ambition and work with God on that as well. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. there's some ego here. I see that. That's not how I want to do this. So for me, it was there was a release and there was a relaxation. So my response was um, to pull back and to sink in. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I do. I already have what I need. Well, what is that? What do mm-hmm. I have? I've, I've been given everything. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, st- I started with the Trinity. Because if I, if at the top of my list of everything that I have, it's the love of God. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. make a whole nother list too. But <laughs> so I'm so glad you asked this question because I think that's important because our culture bends toward productivity and action. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I'm doing stuff too. Yeah. Um, Oftentimes, your response might be something a little more like receptivity. Right. Pausing. Yeah. Letting go. Yeah. Or it might be, go do this thing, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's really helpful. Um, one of the ways I think that 
that shows up for me is sometimes my response is just practicing this new awareness. So like if, you know, to use your story, if I'm aware that I've been pushing and angsty, like every time I become angsty then is a opportunity. It's not an opportunity for me to uh, condemn myself and like, man, I still don't get it. But it's an opportunity to return to the word. It's an opportunity to go, okay, okay, I'm doing it again. Um, yeah. What, you know, what is it? And even in those moments, maybe like mini, like micro discernments, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. saying like, what is it I'm after right now? And how, and yeah. what is it I need to let go of right now? You know, um, exactly. so I think that's, that's really helpful that the response doesn't need to be, it can be an inner response, a, a sort of almost a consenting to this word that we've received from God. Oh, beautifully said, exactly. And another thing I like to do when I'm consenting to really um, strengthen it for myself is I'll say the stuff out loud. Yeah. Mostly when I'm alone, of course, if I'm in my office and I, you know, yeah. you're angsting or whatever, or, um, yeah. it'll come up like, just like you said, oh, I'm doing mm-hmm. that pattern. I have this pattern. Yeah. And I'll say out loud, I see you. Um, I don't prefer to act that way these days. It's not helping me. Yeah. I'm going to um, sink into what I know instead and try mm-hmm. to move forward from a thankful heart yeah. or a more peaceful heart. Now, that's not a magic formula. Like, just say this and then, no, I'm talking about reality. Like, this is prayer to me. Like, yeah. I yeah. see what I'm doing. I mm-hmm. don't want to do this. Maybe it's the best of what repentance could be turning. Yes. Yeah, right? That's exactly so, what it is. isn't yeah. that what that is? Like, I don't yeah. want to act that way. I'm going to act this yeah. way. And I'll say it out loud to myself. I have been finding that really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I I also find speaking something out loud, it there's something about, I don't know quite what it is, but there's something about hearing the words, like mm-hmm. in, my, in my own ears, you know, from my own voice, rather than just trying to like shape my thoughts inside my own head. Um, there's yeah. something more real or tangible about this truth if I can hear it spoken. And so I'll just speak it. You know, there's yes. something about confession um, that I think really helps our repentance to be, to take root and to take hold. I agree. Yeah, yeah I like that. That's, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, I appreciated again, though, even just that example of the gentleness. I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be this way. And I, you know, I almost heard that that gentleness returning of like, there's a, there's reasons why I'm this way. It's not, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to keep myself safe or I'm trying to have some modicum of control. Like all of those things, security, um, what did you, what did you name them as? Oh, security, security esteem, esteem, that's at control. control. That's Thomas Keating, actually. Yes, right, Keating. Yeah. We, we talk about them um, at our church as security, uh, belonging, and significance. Oh, yeah. And there are all these things, yeah, just different ways of kind of saying the same thing. Um but I, I think a real key point for me has been to, for, to have compassion for myself has been to realize that it's not wrong for me to want security, to, to want to be safe. Well, of course we want to be safe. To want to have some modicum of power and control in the world, like to know that my, my actions matter. Well, of course we want that. And to know that other people enjoy being with me and that I belong to a community. That's all good things. They're wonderful things. And we just get into trouble when we think that I'm going to get that if, you know, we reach a certain point in our ministry. Well, then I'll be significant. Or, you know, if this person feels uh, good about me as a leader, well, then I'll feel like I have a sense of belonging. And that's 
for all that to say, I think part of the gentleness in this process can be to have compassion for yourself. Of course you want those things. Of course you do. Like you're made to want those things. Yeah. And the, the process of spiritual formation is just learning to trust Jesus to, to give those things rather than whatever project we've got going here that's causing all the angst and the, and the frustration. Yeah, it's about the where your focus is, isn't it? Bringing again, and then we're back to narratives. Mm-hmm. You know, based on our thoughts, what what am, what story am I writing? Yeah, I'm a part of mm-hmm. the grand story, yeah. my little blip here. Um, but I've been invited into the story, and so what yeah. story am I writing? And so, mm-hmm. I, over the course of my life, as anxiety gets more quiet, although as you mm-hmm. can tell, it still raises its ugly head. Um, I'm, I'm starting to enjoy the grace and the love of God as the base mode Um, more readily than I used to, which again, all of that is sheer grace. Yeah. Well, it's beautifully said. And, uh, I appreciate you, uh, spending some time, uh, with us talking with, um, yeah, our audience, our diocese about, uh, your new book. Um, this has been a, a really fun conversation for me, Jim. I appreciate it. Yeah. Me too. Thanks so much, Ben. When when does the book come out again? So it releases September 20. September 20. All right. I think if yeah. I'm looking at my calendar here, this podcast episode is going to release a couple weeks before that. So Oh, nice. Well, it's time yeah. to pre-order then. Time to pre-order. <laughs> pre-order now. I'll put a link now. in the show notes uh, for everybody to pre-order, but you can also look it up anywhere books are sold. It's through IVP. It's called, once again, Hold That Thought Sorting Through the Voices in Our Heads by Jem Fadling. Thanks again, Jem, for spending some time with us today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the C4SO Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at c4so.org.